Welcome back to our study of uh, John, and today we're going to be looking at chapter 16, verses 16 to 33, and we're just going to go ahead and read that, and it says, A little while, and you will see me no longer, and again a little while you will see me. So some of the disciples said to one another, What is this that he says to us? A little while, and you will not see me, and again a little while, and you will see me, and because I am going to the Father. So they were saying, What does he mean by a little while? We do not know what he was talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Is this what you are asking yourselves, what I meant by saying, A little while and you will not see me, and a little while you will see me? Truly, truly, I say to you, you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice. You will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she is sorrowful because her hour has come. But when she has delivered the baby, she no longer remembers the anguish for joy that a human being has been born into the world. So also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take that joy from you. In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. I have said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you because you have also loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and I have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, this hour is coming indeed. It has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me from and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world In the world you will have me, or in the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. As we inch closer to the arrest and um, trials of Jesus. He continues to teach and prepare the disciples for what's to come. Uh, as we've read through his teachings, it's um, it's not uncommon for some of them to come across cryptic or um, not even really clear at first. And even for us today, as we read God's word, we can struggle to understand what exactly is being said or what's happening. Uh, but his word doesn't remain a mystery to us because he reveals it in ways for us to understand. And so God's word isn't hidden from us, but revealed in the life of Jesus, and uh, we're able to have understanding um, and understand better because his Holy Spirit dwells within us. So when we look at the grand narrative of Scripture, uh, God reveals himself to us clearly and even in our lives today. So for Jesus, uh, having full discernment that disciples were struggling to understand what Jesus was saying, uh, he explains this roller coaster of emotions that they're about to experience, uh, that the world will think it's one and... Uh, it will rejoice at the death of Jesus, but he says that their sorrow will turn to joy. Um, so we have the greatest opportunity now and that we get to look back and see how Jesus foretold these events and how the prophecies were fulfilled. And so we got to see that dark moment and that dark time um, that the world uh, was um, without Jesus, that death may have seemingly have won. But three days later, and what we celebrate on Easter is that Jesus defeated death. And so... Uh, the joy that we've received from Jesus uh, when he did rise from the dead 
uh, is far greater than anything that we could ever imagine. Um, it's also far stronger than any power of this world, as it can't be stripped away from us if we are saved. So to be in a, to be in a relationship with Jesus, um, that is how uh, we are made right in the eyes of God. We ourselves cannot ever justify our works or salvation uh, on our own accord, but solely on the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. And then Jesus brings up this um, interesting point. It's like, what does it mean to pray in Jesus' name? Um, is that just a tag at the end of your prayers, or um, is there some kind of deeper theological meaning uh, when Jesus says to pray in, in my name? And when we pray in Jesus' name, we're aligning our hearts with his. Uh, if our hearts are aligned with Jesus, then we're praying for what he cares about. And the only way that we can come in communion with God is if we are in relationship with Jesus. So we don't come in the name of uh, money or monetary donations, or we don't come in the name of missions work. Uh, we don't come in the name of good deeds or what you did for that day. Uh, we don't even come in the name of how much scripture we read each day. Uh, all these things are good things, but they always come, sh come short of uh, the comparison of coming in Jesus' name, who is the sacrifice and full payment um, on our behalf. And so when we come in Jesus' name, we're acknowledging that he is um, the sufficient uh, substitute for us to come in relationship with God. And so towards the end of this passage, we get a really sad picture um, of Jesus that he will be left alone. And um, it's, uh, it's probably one of the darkest moments in history, too, that in this moment, Jesus will be left alone and they will all scatter. Uh, all the disciples scatter. And when uh, when Jesus is left to be alone to accomplish this task, um, the disciples, disciples will um, be hiding or they'll deny him. Uh, but Jesus doesn't uh, hound them for this. He doesn't get onto them. He, instead, he encourages them and says in order, uh, he encourages them that to know these things in order that they will have peace during the situation and to have something greater to come after. And so in that last sentence of this text, it reveals the greatest victory. And um, that is that uh, what we know now, too, um, that we get to um, look at the victory of Jesus while they could anticipate it and look forward to it. And that, that is that Jesus has defeated death and he has overcome the world. And so there's not really much else I can say about that. That's the greatest ending um, that we have in life is that Jesus is the overcomer and he has defeated death and he's overcome this world and that we can be in relationship with him and come to him um, and uh, have that satisfaction of our sins being released in order that we can have eternal life. And so um, I'm going to leave it here because that's enough of a uh, encouragement and uh, victory, I believe. So um, I hope you have a great discussion and we'll talk to you next time.